Hello and welcome to WMQ&A, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week our guest is Mike Broder, CEO of GalaxyCon, which, in the face of this year's litany of coronavirus con cancellations, uh, has been taking his show on the digital road, uh, offering live streams with celebrities, creators, voice actors, and more, as well as online fan experiences, much like you'd find at a physical convention. Uh, what kind of work goes into creating a virtual con, and what is the status of his upcoming physical shows? Find out over the course of the next hour. And meanwhile, uh, what's going on over at WMQComics.com? Well, let's not worry about that just this second. Instead, I'll just say, uh, support social justice causes, support the black community, support the queer community, support your local comic shop, and support each other. Then you can go look at a comics website. But for now, here are me and Matt and Mike. Um, so Mike, let's let's start with a little bit of, of personal history uh, and kind of an icebreaker what do you remember about the the first convention uh, con uh, that you ever attended? First show I ever attended was a creation show in New York. Probably it was the early '80s, so it was like eighty two, eighty three, okay. some range. It was around Star Trek Two, Wrath of Khan days, and it mm-hmm. was uh, DeForest Kelly was the main media guest. There were a bunch of comic book guests there also. You know, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with creation, but they do, you know, the Star Trek conventions and like supernatural conventions now. Okay. But in the day, in the in the in the uh, 70s and 80s, they were doing more multi-genre shows in New York, kind of picking up the torch for when, uh, you know, Phil Sewing's, you know, comic art conventions were, were kind of winding down. And so uh, my mom took me to that. I was, you know, young and, uh, I get to I get to listen to DeForest Kelly uh, read poems about trees. <laughs> That's awesome. The, the original crew, fascinating variety of things that they have done outside of Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, um, yes, that is correct. Uh, but but it was a mixed show. It was like you know it was comic books. It was sci fi. It was you know all the all the all that jazz in the uh, in the early days of uh, my conventioning, and and that's uh, that's kind of where I started. And then you know after that, you know, kind of goes all over the place. Yeah, um, you know, looking looking at the live streams you've been doing, uh, I don't know if you're broadcasting from your from your home or office, but you've got this amazing menagerie of pretty much you know, the entire cast of Justice League Unlimited behind you. Uh, you know, what are, what are some of, you know, are, are you a big collector? You know, what are what are some of the grails that you have? Um, what you're looking at is the balcony of my office warehouse. Okay. It's got a bunch of toys that are laid out on that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, mostly what you're seeing are Mego dolls or offshoots of Migos. You know, or you know, repros or, or the original Migos or repro Migos or, or like you know, uh, kind of offshoots of the Mego type that eight-inch you know doll action figure. Sure. Yeah. And so you're seeing a lot of you know uh, that kind of stuff. You know, the 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 DC heroes, the Marvel heroes, the Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, those things. Um, so the majority of the of the toys I have are in that eight-inch style. I mean, I've got a lot of other stuff. I collect a lot of Muppets stuff i have you know comic book original artwork um and movie posters you know from you know uh, probably all the nerdy geeky stuff we all like and sure you know a lot of stuff that's signed by te- you know the, the the actors like a bunch of the like all the star trek you know posters signed by the cast and you know uh that kind of stuff star wars posters Planet of the apes posters Disney posters, Mel Brooks films. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then just, just a lot of comic book artwork, you know, uh, uh, Superman art, um, Avengers art, a lot of giant man, Ant-Man, yellow jacket, Marvel stuff. Okay. You know, Punish, Dreadstar. Mm. Do you have a particular artist that you have more work from than others, a favorite? Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of Keith Giffen stuff. You no, know, I have 
I have a lot of Keith Giffen, uh, Ambush Bug, uh, Legion of Superheroes, um, you know, uh, uh, stuff by him. I've got a lot of Kurt Swan Superman stuff. Hmm. And then I have, uh, you know, just varying, you know, a lot of, you know, stuff, uh, you know, artwork, uh, Avengers artwork, like I said, Giant Man, Ant Man hmm. artwork, Superman stuff, you know, not by, you know, Swan, but other people. A lot of magic from you know new mutants, new mutant stuff. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, so uh, yeah, you're here to talk about uh, GalaxyCon Live, which is a series of virtual Q and A panels and uh, online fan experiences that are taking place right now. Uh, in lieu of the fact that you know there are no cons uh, because of of COVID nineteen, uh, yeah. but you know I want to start a little bit farther back than that. Um, you know kind of talk a little bit about how you got into the convention business in the first place. I know uh, your first show was Florida in 2006, if I remember correctly, correct? Yeah. Um, I have done a lot of other things in my, you know, previous lives, you know, I uh, owned comic book store, uh, ran movie theaters, was, you know, uh, worked in, you know, with sound and lighting, you know, as a stage hand, I, you know, and then I was in independent film distribution. And then I was kind of at a crossroads in 2006 with what I was going to do next. And, you know, I had always had a love of the genre and, and of conventions. And there were not a lot. Um, it was not the the um, there were not as many conventions back then as there are now. And especially not down in South Florida where I was living. Mm-hmm. And so I took a shot and, and ran my first show. And uh, 2006, November 3 through 5. Margot Kidder, Billy West, and the Iron Sheep, and Greg Horn were my four big headliners, right? So, nice. you know, uh, and we drew 1,500 people, and it was enough that I was like, all right, let's do this again, and then just kept doing it and, you know, kept figuring it out, and 14 years later, you know, still doing it. That's great. Um yeah, and then even this year, uh, you know, you had uh, GalaxyCon Richmond at the end of February, which is you know same weekend I believe as C two E two, and yeah. you know at that point, you know at this point we're we're two weeks out from things starting to shut down. Were you starting to see any signs of of you know the the pandemic panic kind of creeping in? More artists wearing gloves, uh, you know, anything like that? Very minimal. We started to see it. You know, a couple of people, a couple of the talents were like, hey, you know, we don't want to. You know, we help us make some signs that, you know, are no hugs, you know, touching. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're like, okay, it's fair. Um, you know, we had we had these little bottles of uh, GalaxyCon uh, sanitizer, hand sanitizer that we had had done, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last year. And we went through as much sanitizer at this one show, hand sanitizer, that we went through in the last five shows kind of put together. So everybody was using hand sanitizer. Everybody was trying to be a little bit more cautious, but it wasn't, we weren't there yet. Like, yeah, people weren't panicking. You know, there were, you know, people weren't touching, you know, as much. People weren't hugging as much. Like there was some social distance, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the the pandemic yet, right? People weren't, you know. And then uh, right as we got home, it kind of, it kind of all blew up. And luckily, nobody that we know of got, you know, caught COVID or spread COVID at the show. Um, You know, thank God. But, you know, pretty quickly thereafter, everything went into lockdown. I think there were when we were there, I think that the first case in Virginia was just reported. Wow. You're starting to hear like, oh, you know, there's a case here. There's a couple of cases there. I think Seattle was 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 reporting a bunch of cases yeah and then we came home and kind of within a week just the world kind of shut down yeah. um so so yeah and then by the end of march obviously you know that's when we saw everything shut down there was the the back and forth about whether to do emerald city for a couple of days there uh you know in seattle uh but you know, by by April, you guys were starting to do the the virtual, co- or excuse me, the GalaxyCon uh, live shows. So I, you know, at what point 
I guess when they, did you did you see what was going on and, and shows were kind of getting canceled left and right or getting postponed? You know, did you see, hmm, you know, maybe there's maybe there's an opportunity here to, to kind of do something different and, and change the uh, change the experience in a way that, you know, we could still do something. Well, right away when we when we kind of went home, I and it was before we went home. It was while we were still in the office. But before they did that, we, we got one show off in the office before. There was a stay-at-home order, mm-hmm. but we were. You no, know, I didn't want to just sit around and do nothing, and we kind of hadn't figured out what to do yet. And so I said, "Well, you know, we'll start. You know, I'll start uh, streaming. You know, and and we started a daily, a daily stream, to just our, you know, promoting to our fans, where I would just call up, you know, uh, uh, talent, you know, celebrities, comic book guys, voice actors, and be like, "Hey, you want to come on and talk for an hour about, you know." your convention experiences and kind of why you, you know, you know, fan experiences. And we started doing that pretty quickly. And we, you know, I was, like I said, I was doing that every day, Monday through Friday. And while we were doing that, I, um, I like doing that, but I, I had thought about doing something more virtually about a year ago. And, (laughs) you know, when Cameo started coming on the, on the scene, you know, we all saw that. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting, but that's just like one thing, and it's not quite the convention experience. It's just like, oh, you get a, you know, a birthday shout out from a celebrity, and that's cool. But you know, I started going, well, what could we do to kind of make that work in our world? But a year ago, we were working on, you know, four, you know, four shows. You know, in the year, we were stuck on this hamster wheel. We were just kind of doing the same thing, you know, every day. Okay, we're announcing new guests. Okay, we'll promote this. Okay, we'll have a contest. Okay, you know, sell tickets, sell tickets, sell tickets. And, you know, book talent, book comic guys, book celebrities, book voice actors, book wrestlers. And I didn't have, we didn't have the time. You know, the office is 13 people, you know, but we're all working on the show. And then, on top of that, then you need the technology aspect. And I didn't have... Of programmers working for me, and I didn't have the technology wherewithal to put together anything, you know, you know, massive. So it kind of just sat in the back of my brain. And then when this kind of thing all happened, I was like, all right, well, if I were going to do that, how would I do it? So I started looking at different solutions of what I could cobble together from technology that existed in the world. And I looked mm-hmm. at some really cool things that were all pieces of a puzzle but didn't quite all work in tandem. And I, again, still doing daily these, these Q&As, um, looking, testing, trying out platforms, then got on the phone with our with Grotex, who's our ticketing provider and a technology partner, and they, they handle all the, the ticketing uh, aspect of our events. And they were like, well, we're thinking about doing something, you know, uh, you know, in a virtual space. And I said, well, funny you should mention that. You know, and I sent them all my notes and I said, here's all my notes. Here's what I want to build. What do you think? And they're like, well, we, we could put that together. We've got the programmers. So we we worked with them on what this would look like and they built it out for me. Um, and then they built that a, a platform where, you know, we could we could still do live streams, right, which we're doing and, and they're still free. And, you know, every single one of our things is a free Q&A live stream that's going out. Um, it's a little bit more polished than what we were doing when I was doing when it was me. And, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's all, you know, through that Grotex platform. Um, but then after that, we've got, you know, the, the, we've got a virtual chat component where you can, you know, talk one-on-one with a celebrity for two minutes and you get a copy of that video after the fact as a permanent record and autographs and you can get shout outs. You know, you can get all that stuff, but really the, you know, what we brought to the table was a, a recorded, you know, video chat between you and William Shatner, you and Tim Curry, you and, you know, Chris Sarandon, you and, you know, the kids from it, where you, you know, you and the, the voice actors from My Hero Academia, where you could just talk to them, have a little conversation, and then get a copy of that video that, you know, you could just have, you know, forever of you and them, not just them talking to you. 
how uh in you know in the early going that when you first started it you know how was it how, like how did that first live show go do you remember um i don't know i had trouble figuring out which one you know what the official uh, i guess first guest was but you know were there a lot of sort of like kinks to work out or like you know best practices conversations uh afterward or do you feel like you know it went maybe smoother than you expected no no it was a technological nightmare the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as with all things i mean i could tell you about my first ever convention and how you know half the lights in the building weren't working and how they delivered me eight foot tables instead of six foot tables and how it didn't work in the floor plan um i mean there's you know n nothing ever goes the way you plan and nothing's ever right and everything that can go wrong will go wrong. So the first time we did it, it was the My Hero Academia was the first stream. Okay. And they were the first. It was uh, Monica Real, Lucy Christian, Colleen Clink and Beardware, that first group. And then we did the three Ed Kids. You know, we did one. Jack Razor did some one-on-ones uh, -on that first day. And then we did the Q&A and more meet and greets the next day. And there were a lot of, it was a beta test. We'll call it a beta test. Yeah. And. You know, we didn't know what to expect. I hadn't done it before. Really, there's not there's not a whole lot of people that do this. You know, that were there's not a whole lot of people that were doing this at all. And the ones that were, um, you know, was, we you know somebody was out there using Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. Which is which is okay, but it's not. There's no real. You can't. You they weren't recording to give the, the to the people. There were no timers in there. It was just a very clunky mechanism so our thing was all brand new mm -hmm. so the first time out there were a lot of kinks and and some of it was not realizing that we had to be more specific on what technology people could use to enjoy the experience so we had people that were logging on with uh with old 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 ipads that that didn't have microphones or front-facing cameras mm -hmm. right they had speakers so they thought that could they could hear you but they couldn't talk to you because there are no microphones. And they didn't know. We didn't know. Um, and then week two, we fixed all the problems of week one and then created new problems. By week three, we had it working really well. And by week four, it really is, is a very, very smooth machine. Are there glitches here and there? Sure. You know, out of every, you know, hundred, maybe there's one glitch that we've got to, you know, we've got to figure it out. But we've mostly got it down now, and 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 the tech guys have, have figured out most of the, most of the glitches. But those first two weeks were a little hairy. Um, but it comes with the territory of working with a brand new technology that's untested, in a brand new field that nobody's really doing the thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, so we did the best that we could to make everyone happy, and uh, we we went on from there. Matt, I did hear your little oof in there somewhere. Uh, my co-host is an IT person for a theater chain, so I think he felt your pain. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little Wait, bit. So, Matt, you know, right? Like, you get oh. it. Yeah, no, I work for um, a nonprofit theater in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area, and consults for other for different other theaters. And theater? Uh, the theater is uh, People's Light. We're out in Malvern, uh, near the King of Prussia Mall. Okay. Um, and we, last week, or two weeks back, did our first live stream uh, musical performance. I mean, we're a theater, but we do a lot of m plays with musical elements with the same director and star and writer and such. And he got some of his group, his band together, and they did a thing. And that first time was... I mean, it did not go flawlessly, but it went much better than I was nervous it could have gone. <laughs> yeah. It, you, you just, you know, and you know with tech, you just, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the the people, who, a lot of people who were having problems were having problems like what you said. They were using technology that was well out of date with the current exactly what is what we expected people to be able to use or uh, didn't look at or we didn't realize that 
your laptop, this the platform we were using was working great on a laptop and it was working great on various mobile devices. It the mobile devices though required you to download their app. Trying to use the web version from a mobile device mm-hmm. wasn't giving as seamless an experience. You could see, but you couldn't get involved in the chat. And it was a it was a whole thing and we had kind of worked that out by the second and as ones that we're doing moving forward similar experiences we're adding things to confirmations to make it more clear that if you're planning to use a mobile device you need to have the app and yeah there's always another wrinkle there's always another wrinkle so exactly the same thing so we're sending people now in the confirmation emails please make sure you have this technology please make sure you're using chrome or, or 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 these other browsers Please make sure that your device has a front-facing camera and a microphone. You know, who who knew? You know, we're all, you know, you know, we take for granted sometimes that we're more technologically uh, savvy than some others. And, you know, we're working with newer equipment. I mean, I'm working on a, on a MacBook Pro. You know, I have a, a, a fairly modern iPhone and, and, you know, I've got a fairly modern iPad mini. Uh, I think it's a few generations behind, but it it works for anything I need. And you know, we're we're getting people coming on with te- with iPhones from ten years ago. And you're like, people still have those? <laughs> I thought obsolescence would have taken care of that by now. Hey, guys, my iPhone six is feeling very seen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, your iPhone six is doing very well on Friendster where it belongs. <laughs> And, and and I'm sure it's going to find love on Love at AOL. <laughs> oh. Um, and Match.com. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, we're like, also we're finding, you know, you find out that you got to tell people, look, if you're going on Wi-Fi, make sure other people in the house aren't watching and streaming at the same time you're trying to get on because that will, that will drag, that will cause the video to be impossible, basically. And, you know, it's, it's, but it's, it's brave new world. I mean, you know, uh, who knew three months ago that I'd be, you know, having to, having to deal with this at all. You're, you're spelling it out for people at the same time that you're learning the vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, how about on the, on the booking side of things? Because I mean, obviously, you know, again, like you've already said, you're pulling in people from all over voice acting, uh, wrestling, uh, comics, et cetera. You know, are there are there certain guests? Uh, you know, is, is it? Uh, you know, is it is it easier? Is it <clears throat> is it is it tougher to book some of these guests because you know you you've got to explain the new model to them, or is it easier because they're all home and they got no place else to go, so they might as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> the yes and yes and yes and no and no and yes and no and yes and no and yes yes and no. The it depends on who it is. It depends on who the talent is. It depends on there are people who surprisingly have said no to me that mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Like that I've done a lot with that. You're like, why wouldn't you try this out? And they're, they don't want to do it for any number of reasons. A, you know, they think it's weird to be doing it. Um, you know, they think that the, you know, and, and, and there's some concern in, you know, with with the way the economy is right now, to be doing anything where there's you know money involved, and my answer is, well, look, we're doing a free Q and A, that we're going out and and providing this free entertainment for people, which is really cool. And then for those who can and want to spend a little bit of money, they can do that. Um, you know, I don't, I think it would be, you know, uh, egregious to be just going, you know, just for a cash grab and. And clearly there are much, many, many, many more people who are watching the streams than are buying products. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, <clears throat> then there's other talent that are like, yeah, I want to try this new thing because I've got nothing else going on. And I think this is cool. I mean, William Shatner is the, was, is one of the, was one of the coolest people to work with on this. And you just don't know what to expect, right? Cause you're, you're like, you know, is, is, is Shatner going to be up for this? Is this going to, and he's like, no, this is a new thing. This is a new frontier. You know, I want to be at the cusp of technology. I love, he loves meeting with fans, contrary to what anybody says. 
Um, they're some of the coolest interactions I've ever seen between a talent and fans. And he was all over it, asking questions. How does this work? How do we do this? How, why'd you, why are you doing it this way? How'd you come up with that? And I'm like, that's really cool. We did Tim Curry this weekend, and mm-hmm. Tim loved it. He was great. And Tim is not in the best shape of any, you know, of, of, uh, you know he had a stroke a number of years ago. Sure. He's been doing conventions. And he loved this because he didn't have to get on a plane and fly to a show and, and have the physical drain of, of doing all that stuff. He could just meet with fans you know, online, talk to them, and have the experience. Um, you know, and then, then there's other people. Like this weekend, Brent Spiner did it. And Brent was like, look, I don't know what to expect, but I'll give it a shot. And if it works out and, and, and it's enjoyable, we'll do it again. And uh, and he he's he liked it, and we agreed we're going to do another event with him pretty soon. Uh, Shatner's going to do it with us again. I think Tim's going to do it with us us again. Um, some talent has has been like you said. Well, I've got nothing else going on. I might as well do it. I'm just sitting at home, right? And then uh, and some talent's like, well, you know, cautiously optimistic. We'll give it a shot. We'll trust. We trust you. We've been doing shows with you for years. We know you. Um, you know, if you you know, and other people now we're starting to talk to people who have done it, and so the word's getting around that it's 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 a cool thing, and so that's helping, and uh, so some more doors that weren't open early on are now opening up, and uh, and there we go. I mean, and you know, I think a lot of people are going to be watching the Karen Gillan Jennifer Morrison one this weekend. You know, people that are familiar with both of them. And watching to see how it goes to see if they want to do it. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, you know, I had to send out ten, you know, uh, ten links today for the for the Q and A for people to 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 jump in for talent. Um. Yeah, and then there are just people that just don't want to be bothered or that don't want to do it, and and I respect that and I get it, and I I think it's weird, and you know, I'm like, all right, well, you know, just keep looking at what we're doing and come back to me in a few months and we'll try it again. Is there anyone, not necessarily that you've reached out to who said no, but anyone who you just haven't had the the chance to connect with yet that's high on your personal wish list to do one of these? Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be really – I think that one of the coolest things about this is that I think we can get people that we normally wouldn't get. And, you know, when we – last year in Raleigh, at the last minute, John Cleese had to cancel the show because he was filming a movie for Fox in New York. And it really sucked because we had a lot of people that were excited to see Cleese. I was excited. We hadn't had him yet. He was new on the circuit. And I said, look, you're going to be in New York. You're going to be in a hotel. You're not going to be filming on Saturday, right? He goes, no. I go, well, can we just do a live stream with you in your in your hotel? And he was like, sure, we could do that. And so we set that up where we live streamed him into the show. And then we did the same exact thing in Minneapolis with David Tennant. When David Tennant had to cancel at the last minute because his wife had just given birth and he didn't feel comfortable flying. And there were some amazing fan interactions that happened because we just put people up to the computer to talk to them and ask the questions. And it's back then that we got the idea that, you know, virtually we can get anyone. You know, the deal's got to be right. You know, the, the, the agents have to agree and the talent has to get in on it. But, you know... I know that there are people that we're discussing, you know, right now I'm kind of going after people. I'm talking to people that I'm friendly with. I'm working with agents that I'm friendly with, you know, talent that have worked with me for years. I mean, look, Tim Curry did, you know, our show last year, had a great experience. He was easy. Shatner has been doing my show for years. We've done, you know, we've worked well together. Um, Most of the people that you see us, Karen Gillen has done, a number of shows of us. Most of the talent you're seeing are people that I've worked with or they're booking agents or people that work with us all the time. But now that we've kind of like tested and we're, you know, showing what we can do, we're starting to talk to some some agents and talent that historically haven't done shows and historically haven't, you know, or haven't done a lot of shows. And this is easier because they don't have to fly from LA to Richmond, Virginia, or Raleigh, North Carolina, get on a plane, get off a plane, go to a hotel, you know, do the thing, and then get back on a plane. Here they just wake up in their bed, go to their living room, you know, put on a shirt, and 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 they can do the thing. 
And so to answer your question, yeah, I, I, there are people that I think that we're going to have that are more unique to to the convention world now that you know this is a this is a, the virtual thing is a possibility. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned Shatner being you know a, a great at this, and you know I I was honestly I, I was trying to think of so for my fortieth birthday. Uh, which was just a few weeks ago. My wife surprised me. She got like a whole bunch of my friends together on, on a zoom call. And then uh, my mom was supposed to be in the mix, but she just, she couldn't figure out how to work it. God bless her. Uh, you know, on, on the guest end, because you know, it's, it's just them. I, I don't know if they have access to their assistants or how any of that works right now. Like, you know, do you end up, you know, in a couple of these instances having trouble, you know, like where they're just like unable to connect at the appointed time or, or, or anything like that? Well, when we did the when I was doing the 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 live stream shows daily mm-hmm. and it was run and gun, i.e. it was kind of like how we did this where you just told me be on at eight o'clock. You know, I got on and we just go we were having a lot of technology problems with people because we weren't testing people in advance mm-hmm. <clears throat> and some people didn't have equipment that worked. So like we were supposed to have one with Jonathan Frax and Marina Sirtis and uh, Marina's computer uh, went kablooey. She had an old laptop that was, you know, 10 years old and it just didn't work. And we tried to get her on her phone and for some reason we just couldn't get her. And it was for no fault of her own. It was just she she had a problem with her computer, and then the phone went, wasn't working right. So we just went with Jonathan Solo. And then when we went and did Marina for the uh, – we just had Marina do it this weekend for the for the stuff we did. You know, she had gotten a new laptop and, and perfectly. Um, but now we're testing with the talent, you know, several days a week in advance to make sure that we walk them through the process – and that if we have to get them any technology, we get into their hands. So, like, mm-hmm. I sent Tim Curry a laptop to use for this thing, mm-hmm. right? I've sent some guests microphones to use. You know, I've sent some Yetis to some people. Um, yes, there are some people who don't know how to use. William Shatner bought a brand-new laptop to do the thing with us because he went to go use his laptop and he realized his laptop was too old to use. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, you know, I never use this thing. But he's like, he wanted to look good. He wanted it to go well. So he's like, you know, he went out and bought a MacBook Pro and got a, got a brand new, you know, Mac, uh, MacBook just sent to his house to do this, our thing. That's great. And, you know, it, it you know, you know, some of the talent, it's like talking to your, you know, your, your, your my mother and, and trying to explain how to use the remote, um, you know, and program the VCR. And, you know, you just, but we have that time in advance where we were testing with them to kind of go over it and see what works best for them. And if we have to send them any technology, we can send it. Luckily, this stuff's pretty easy to use, but they got to have the right browser and they got to have, sure. you know, they, they have the right, uh, they have to have, you know, the right Wi-Fi or, or hardline. Um, obviously, you know, to put on a physical show, you know, takes takes a village of people, volunteers, etc. You know, how big of a team are you working with to do these, uh, to do the GalaxyCon Live? Well, look, one of the main reasons why we I really pushed this model to work and to get it going was mm-hmm. I was trying to keep as many of our people employed as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have we have a full time staff, and you know it's uh, it's challenging when you're told that you're basically out of business, right? Like you're told you're not really going to be able to have shows this year, or if you do, they're going to be very limited, and you're not going to be able to you're going to be allowed to really make any money, and you know, you've got this overhead of employees, you know, and 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 uh, you know, rents, mortgages, lights, all that fun stuff. Sure, so, sure. you know, we, I managed to be able to keep 
the majority of the people who work for us. So there's 10 people working here full time right now mm-hmm. um, for us, either, you know, in the office or out at home or, you know, throughout. And the um, we're all working on this pretty much full time. I mean, I've got I've got a. You know, two marketing people who are working on social media and graphics nonstop. I've got you know uh, Casey who works with me on booking talent and getting out contracts and and helping manage the team. I've got Ryan who's you know normally our programming you know manager who's you know helping update the website and you know creating the products and 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 doing support with Casey. Um, I've got you know three people. You know, managing customer service and the warehouse and fulfillment. Um, you know, so we're all kind of in the mix of it. The, you know, I've got Patty working. You know, uh, you know, uh, he's he's hosting all the stuff, and you know, we've got, you know, but we've got a couple of people that help out. You know, part time. You know, during the events, we need we always need somebody in the room with a talent, and then we need somebody. You know they're you know on on call for tech. So if we do an event with three people, well, I need you know I've got Vincent you know I've got Vincent producing the stream with Patty hosting. Then we go into the one-on-one chats, and if I've got three people going at once, I need one person in each room with them, and then I need one tech in each room. You know, making sure the people are ready to get into the room. So it's two people per room, two people per per live chat. Um, so that's six people at once working. On top of Vincent and Patty doing the stream, so now you're talking eight people, and then you know if it's a a, a very popular guest who's going to be working for hours, I may need to have two people, you know, two people, uh, or three people instead of the two, so I have somebody to help with breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty labor intensive. It's 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 not easy, um, but you know it's uh, it's 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 good. Now, uh, in the meantime, uh, on the GalaxyCon site, you know, you still have dates uh, scheduled for shows, uh, you know, knock on wood, obviously, uh, in, in Raleigh and in Minneapolis and uh, Richmond next year. Uh, what is what does planning for these events look like when, you know, everything's been as up in the air as it's been? Well, it doesn't. So, you know, mm-hmm. I talk to, I'm talking to Raleigh twice a week right now mm-hmm. about what we're going to do. And I still don't know. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to have an answer today. Um, I don't have one yet. Mm-hmm. The we're waiting on the city to give us advice on on can we even have a show? If we have a show, what does it look like? Can you do a show with twenty five percent attendance? Can you do it with fifty percent attendance? Um, and I was really hoping for more clarity, but the governor. Of North Carolina has not been a very aggressive in trying to get things open. Now, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's just a fact of life. Uh, there's a lot of things that come into play. The country's starting to open up. Are, pe- are things going to get worse or things going to get better? How many new cases are going to be? Is it, you know, are people that get it, are they going to get really sick or is it, you know, how bad, you know, what, what is, what does it look like? Can you come up with ways to protect people in the show? Uh, sanitation stations, you know, with sanitizer, uh, mm-hmm. masks help. Well, you know, do we put a plexiglass shielding, you know, with guests? Like, do we, do we make 20 foot aisles instead of 10 foot aisles? Like, what does that look like? Now Disney world's opening in July. Yep. Um, and they've got a pretty, you know, I always look at Disney as kind of like the leader in live events. Like when you've got a lot of people in one area, they're kind of the gold standard. So I am I look to them as kind of like, all right, what are you guys doing? Um, there's the guys in Tampa that say they're going to have their show in the middle of July. You know, and I, I know what the Tampa Bay Convention Center has said that they have to do. Um, and it's pretty strict rules, but but they get to have their show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to do a show if it's going to put people's lives at risk, but if we can do it in a safe way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for trying to make it happen, but I have to have buy-in from the state and the city. And we, you know, we, we don't know yet because the governor has not ruled on it. 
Um, I know the RNC is trying to have their their convention in Charlotte in August. And so that's a big conversation in the state of North Carolina right now. Mm -hmm. And that's going to dictate a lot of what happens with us there. Um, We are looking at, you know, alternate dates in the fall. We are talking about pushing it to next year. All these things are happening. If we do have a show this year, we're going to tell people that have tickets or booths, you know, you you don't have to come. You can use your ticket or or transfer your booth to one of our other shows, you know, for the next couple of years, right, until you feel comfortable coming back. Sure, Um, sure. You know, I don't know. You know, the guests that we have announced, a lot of them probably wouldn't want to come. You know, I don't see any international guests flying for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that there are some guests we don't have on there that would want to come that we would swap people out with. It's it's just a weird world. And we're still eight weeks away, which is both not a lot of time and a lifetime. I mean, think of where the world was two months ago. You know, what are we, June 1st, May 1st, April 1st? Think about what the world was like on April 1st. So I don't I don't know. I'm hoping to get answers pretty quickly, but it, it, with this, you know, we're having, there's a lot of social unrest in the world right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Raleigh is no, is, is tapping in Raleigh, um, tapping in for order where I live. I don't want to bother city officials right now and I don't want to push for, you know, something silly like a Comic-Con while our cities are burning. And, you know, there's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of anger out there because of what happened with, with, with George Floyd. And a lot of people have a right, you know, and a reason to be angry. And so this is their, you know, that's, that's what's most important right now is, yeah. is how we deal with that. Um, and how we address, you know, that, that issue. Um, you know, I did talk to Minneapolis today, you know, we, yeah. we, we had a call I, and uh, Minneapolis of all places I talked to today, uh, with the, my, you know, salesperson at the convention center and, you know, she's, she's at home and, and nowhere near what's going on downtown, but the convention center is right by what's going on downtown. It's crazy over there. I mean, it's, it's the center and, you know, we just had a quick, catch up and I'm like look I don't expect anything to get decided this week or next week but you know in a couple of weeks let's let's talk some more about what what it looks like and you know they're thinking that they're going to be in phase five of this thing where they're going to be opened up with you know most capacity by November and and I and I'm like yeah but what if the what if the thing comes back on the back end in October you know and and bites everyone in the ass and you've got you know COVID too you know the wrath of uh, coronavirus and uh, she's like, yeah, we don't know. And I'm like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect things to be completely back to normal until we have a vaccine. And that could be another year. Or more, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so it's all, it's all a mess. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm hoping to have the show. I'm hoping to have some kind of a show in Raleigh this year. I don't expect it to be anywhere near what we've done in the past. And... I expect a lot of it to be virtual, to be mm-hmm. frank. You know, I think we we would institute a lot of the kind of technology stuff we're doing now into the live event. Um, and like I said, I, I really wanted to come up with an answer this week about Raleigh, but I think we're going to have to wait a week or two till things settle down and, and you know. It's it's definitely hard to think long term now about uh, <laughs> most things. Uh, you know, obviously putting on a con is is, is a lot of work. Um, what kind of hoops do you have to go through to to cancel one? <laughs> you know, especially when you've got all these these guests and vendors and everyone sure. uh, committed. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's oof. well. First, you got to deal with the city and. The- and the hotels you got you have contracts with everybody so you have a contract with the building and the building doesn't want to let you off the hook because the building wants you to run the show yeah. and and they want to wait till the last minute to let you off the hook and you can cry you know say you got force majeure all you want but you know certain some buildings will fight you some won't you know Raleigh's a really good town the people there are really nice they, we have a great relationship with them and they've been very helpful so they're not they are not a problem at all um you know the um you know, and then the hotels have it. You know, they're they're expecting you to sell X amount of rooms, so you know you gotta work with them on that. 
and get them to agree that if you cancel, that it's okay and that we can push it to next year. And then you gotta you gotta tell all your exhibitors and you gotta tell your attendees and then you know you're doing refunds or you're you're pushing you know to 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 the next event, um, you know, um, it's 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 madness. It's crazy. I have a lot of friends that have just gone through the process. You know, uh, Kansas City had to postpone, and now they're trying to get their show to happen in August. You know, my buddy in Lexington, he canceled now twice, you know, this year. He canceled. He was going to be in March. Then he thought he was going to be able to pull it off in, in I think, June, and, and he just canceled that. You know, he canceled that, and now he's just going to next year. You know, I used to own uh, Florida Supercon in Miami, and I had sold that to Reed Pop, and they just canceled for this year, and they pushed it to happen to, to next year in 2021. And, you know, that's, you know, heartbreaking to see, you know, that happened, but they made the right call. There's no way they can do a show in Miami Beach on 4th of July. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And Miami Beach is on fire right now, so. Yeah. And, of course, Tampa's only a week later. <laughs> yeah, but it's Tampa Bay and Miami Beach are two very different cities. And Miami Beach is very, they're very different. Tampa's much more central Florida and Miami's much more south Florida. And for people in the rest of the country who don't know what that means, where do you guys live? Well, I, you know, it's funny that you say that because we both live in New Jersey and we can both tell you that North and South Jersey oh, are yes. very, two very different things. Exactly. And, and exactly. there's the argument, is there a central Jersey or not? Right. I mean, frankly, we both live in South Jersey, but they could even the differences between where Dan lives out near AC and where I live right across the bridge from Philadelphia are right. hugely different. Right. I mean, there are parts of New Jersey that might as well be annexed into Pennsylvania. Yep. That. <laughs> yep. And then there are parts of New Jersey that might as well be annexed into New York. Right. And then there's parts of Jersey that are just Jersey. <laughs> and then, then there's like different kinds of Jersey. Yes, that, that, absolutely true. <laughs> so, so South Florida and Central Florida are two very different animals. Mm -hmm. And um, South Florida is a lot more blue. Central Florida is a lot more, starts to turn red. You get to North Florida, you're in the red zone. You know, we have a very red governor, right? Our governor in Florida wants to get everything open tomorrow. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but the city of Miami Beach, those the the, the leaders there, they are very. It's very blue city, mm -hmm. and it's a lot of old people, and it's it's a very large elderly you know crowd in Miami Beach. You know high the risk group, high risk group. That's right. And so, who does this thing hit? This thing hits the elderly, and it hits low income minorities. Um, the hardest, yeah, and and it's you know because of how you know it's because of their closeness between them and other people and how they're interacting and and through no fault of their own, and so Miami Beach is hyper vigilant about that. South Florida is hyper vigilant about that. Central Florida, not so much. North mm -hmm. Florida, wild wild west. <laughs> um, so. You know, I, I think there's a middle ground. I think that there's some governors who are just rushing to open as quickly as possible. And I think that there's other governors that are like, let's keep it locked down, you know, for the next 27 years. And I think that, you know, I think with anything, the middle, you know, the middle ground is is kind of more, you know, I think, you know, be safe, take it slow, but, you know, don't 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 stop progress. Got it. Yeah. Back, back to life, but back to life safely. Obviously. Right. Right. Again, you don't want anybody to get hurt or sick no. or, God forbid, die. I mean, that's the biggest nightmare. So. Uh, uh, so getting back to the, the virtual side and GalaxyCon yeah. live side, yeah. uh, you know, you've got uh, events lined up through, uh, I think, at least June 14th that I saw online. You know, how... You know, are you kind of taking it a couple of weeks at a time in terms of booking? Do you foresee it being, you know, going into the summer? What's kind of the, the, the strategy at that end? Well, I have contracts that are going out into August right now. Okay. 
Um, we announced a whole bunch of stuff today that you know just got announced. Like we announced the Doctor Who thing with Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann for June twenty seventh. Um, you know, Armin Shimmerman, Nana Visitor, and Andy Robinson from Deep Space Nine for the twenty seventh. Uh, we've got a an Enterprise group of John Billingsley, Connor Trenier, and Dominic Keating for June fourteenth. Uh, the Terrifier guys for June eighteenth. Um, you know, we're we're going to, you know, I've got like I said, I got contracts going out till August right now, and I envision that I just sent out some offers that go in out as far as Halloween weekend. That's great. So I'm trying. We're trying to catch up as quickly as we can mm-hmm. and get stuff on the books, you know, with a little bit more uh, uh, lead time. But we've been moving so quickly that it's it's it's. You know, it's all so new, and we've been trying to get things happening as quickly as possible just to get it going. So now we, you know, now we're pretty much got June booked up, and so like I was talking to some people today um, about you know a cast a, a really cool cast reunion um, for July twelfth, and the and one of the agents goes, "Why so long? Why why wait so long?" I go, "Well, June's booked up." Like I've got a lot of stuff I haven't announced yet, right? Like, and he's like, okay, and uh, so now you know we're gonna start, we're gonna fill out the rest of the month this week, and then we're gonna be start announcing some things for into July, and I think pretty soon we're gonna be I think on the website in the next week or so we'll pretty much have you know we'll know what's happening in all of July, mm-hmm. and then you know we're working on August September. That that DS nine one. That piqued my interest. Uh, a lot of yeah. a lot of Star Trek in the mix here. Yeah, <laughs> I love Star Trek. <laughs> uh, you know, the, anyone who knows me will tell you that. And uh, and the, a lot of these, you know, we I work with a lot of you know, the Star Trek guys. You know, uh, for the D six nine one, you know, Armin Shimmerman and and Nana have done a bunch of our shows. They're they're wonderful people, and. Uh, you know, I've never worked with Andy before, but the others told Andy to do it, so he's doing it. Um, you know, the um, but the Star Trek guys all talk, so I've had a couple of them all do this, this stuff already, and then word gets around that you know it's 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 kind of cool. Awesome. So expect more Star Trek and more Deep Space Nine with people that you know aren't even on that aren't on that list for coming up once. It, it was the Andrew Robinson that jumped out at me because Garrick is one of is possibly my favorite Star Trek character. I love the the nuance of that character. Sure, he's he's that character on that show is phenomenal, <laughs> and uh, you know he, that story arc. You know his the history and the yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the pale moonlight gives me goosebumps every time. So you've got, you know, you're, you're, you're planning into the summer, you're planning into the fall. You know, let, let's say, God willing, we get back to a point where we, we, can, we can gather again. We can have, you know, live cons again. Where does that leave the Galaxy Con Live part of it? Do you think it's something that... Uh, continues, you know, do we, you know, are we looking at like a, a, no. a hybrid of the two, you know, we're, we're, yes. or is it way too early? <laughs> no, it's, it's not way too early. Uh, yes. Uh, continues. I love the format. I love, I love the, the worldwide reach and, and I want to keep doing it. The, there will be a hybrid. I will include it in our live events and whatever those live events look like. So like, we don't know, can I do big shows? Probably not for two years, a year and a half. Can I do smaller shows? Can we do stuff in theaters? Can we do evenings with? What can I get away with, with talent that we can get people out for? And and I will work this into whatever it is that we do. So I think that, not, the question isn't what happens with GalaxyCon Live? The question becomes, what happens with the live events, and how does the live events work in tandem with the virtual stuff? Mm-hmm. I think the virtual stuff's here to stay. I think in 2020, 
we're reaching people around the world. It's incredible to be on the, you know, with Brent Spiner and he's talking to people from from around the country and from around the world. And we don't, you know, that happens at the conventions, like people travel in from multiple states, but our reach is so much larger with the virtual stuff. And to be able to reach that audience and then a live events audience, I think is going to be really fun. Um, and, and I think that, you know, if we turn this into a good model for the talent, it's a good way for them to connect with fans more so than they have been doing. Look, all these guys are doing conventions. Well, the guys that are doing conventions, they're having to do conventions. We'll continue to do conventions. But how many conventions does somebody do in a year? They do five. Do they do 10? Do they do 20? You know, if, if they could do more events without leaving their house, I think they would. I know they would, you know. But it's, you know, traveling is just such a bear. Think about going to a convention from the guest point of view, flying in on a Thursday to do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. You fly, you land, you do the show Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You fly home Sunday or Monday. You've been gone for four or five days. And then, you know, uh, you know wash, rinse, repeat. Well, you know, this, this could be a good solution for some people. I'm not saying that live events are not an important part of it. They absolutely are, and and, and it's, it's, I think, going to continue to be the main way that people interact. But I think that this provides a, a, a good thing to do in between. And if we combine this with live events, like where we'll say we live stream the Q&A, and then we do virtual chats with people you know, around the world during the show. Like, what if we had, you know, we mentioned, you know, that Star Trek Deep Space Nine group. What if we have the Deep Space Nine guys at a show? We live stream the Q&A, and then, you know, they're on the show floor from, you know, 12 to 3, and then from 3, you know, to, to 5, they, do a, they talk to a virtual audience, and they're back on the show from 5 to 7, you know, and the next day you do it again. You know, you carve off a couple hours for them to, you know, to go to talk to a virtual audience. I, you know, it also is almost like, you know, if you wanted to do two shows in a weekend, it's, you know, it's, it would be, if from a guest standpoint, it would theoretically be feasible. You could appear live at one show and then beam yourself into, you know, another one on the other side of the country or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, Shatner does that all the time. Shatner did C2E2 and my Richmond show the same weekend where he did us on Friday and Saturday and then flew to C2E2 for Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, there are guys like Bill who love to work, who just want to do stuff. And, uh, you know, a guy's 89. He's going to, you know, he can't do that all the time. But he could do this. Oh, that, sounds, that sounds great. Well, uh, Mike, as we're as we're wrapping up here, uh, you know, where do people need to go to to follow what you're doing and, and keep on top of this and see if there's any uh, GalaxyCon Live uh, Q and A's that would uh, or fan experiences that would interest them? I, I, you know, we're real simple. Everything can be found on GalaxyCon. Everything's GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon.com. You know, you just type in GalaxyCon with Facebook. I mean, the 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 page for the live stuff is Gal is Facebook.com forward slash GalaxyCon Live. But if you type in GalaxyCon, you'll find it. You Google GalaxyCon, you'll find us. Um, and then, so we've got the live stuff. And then, you know, we're also doing weekly, once a week on Tuesdays. I do a live stream with comic guys because you know we haven't really figured out how to include the comic book talent in this virtual stuff yet but we're still very much you know in the comic book world mm-hmm. so do uh, do our GaussCon talks comics you know thing where we just you know uh, goof around with somebody tomorrow we're doing Jim Shooter um, next week we've got Tim Seeley and his art rep Paolo from Cadence Comic Art and last week we had Gustavo Duarte who created our mascots who did the, that Dear Justice League book for DC and, mm-hmm. you know, the Bizarro mm-hmm. book. And, uh, yeah, so that's what everything is GalaxyCon. Okay. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for, for coming on and doing the show. Thank you, gentlemen.
That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics. For just a dollar donation, get you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. And a $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail from my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Young Ones and Match Club Podcasts, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, Scott Madrinsky from Mojoswork.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider-Woman series, Saren, and Lan M. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLast1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox, plus sneak peeks at what's ahead and an early look at our weekly editorial. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQ Comics for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. WMQA.